Hi, this is Michelle. And this is Deanna. And this is Historable. All right, so Deanna, before we get into today's episode, you guys couldn't see that, but I was dancing while I said that. It was impressive. I heard you. I hope you like heard it in my voice, though. I think they could sense it. All right. This is everyone's reminder that our second Patreon episode is coming out on the 15th next Sunday. Oh my goodness. And the best part is that it's a Deanna episode. Deanna episode. Woo, woo, woo. And she's doing it on her like favorite topic. Fun fact, when we were kind of prepping <laughs> for this podcast, we kind of did some like mic practice and stuff. And she actually taught me all about what she's going to teach me about. But she's going to be teaching you guys about it. Yes. Just spoiler alert. It is my favorite thing to happen in the history of all things. Yeah. And... You're just going to have to join our Patreon to find out what that is. You're going to have to, because literally, it's a banana story. And also, Deanna loves it so much, and she's really good about telling the story. So, yeah, there's very few few things in history I have an active interest in. But this, this event, I do. So this is your sign to go join our Patreon, support us, and you'll get access to every episode we've already created, which at this point, it's just one, but it's a pretty good one. It's about a rock. It's about a rock. Yeah. So check us out, patreon.com slash historable. You can join us, support us. And if you do that this week, you will have first dibs on the first ever Deanna-led episode. Bam, 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 bam. All right. I think, do you have any other affairs? No. That I think right. all of our affairs are in order. All right, what guys. What are we doing today? Today, we are going to be talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Nikola Tesla. Like the car? Like the car. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, inspired <laughs> the car. <laughs> like he didn't invent the car. He's He's dead, but... He inspired the car. Oh, okay. His name inspired the co- the name of he inspired the name of the company. We'll talk about that later. All right, I don't <laughs> want to jump ahead here. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. So Nikola Tesla is known to history as one of the most innovative inventors of his time, and a lot of his inventions are still used today. Specifically, the I guess you could say like key elements of the radio, as well as the electric system we use today. I'll put it that way. So that is what he's most famous for. Tesla was born in a small town in Croatia in the year 1856. His father was an Orthodox priest, and his mother was a homemaker. Um, Later in life, Tesla would go on to credit his mother for his interest in technology and invention because she's said to have been quite handy herself. Uh, Oh. I couldn't find any more detail besides this line written the same way in like 10 different articles, (laughs) but she's noted as creating small household appliances for their home in her spare time. What? (laughs) 
There was no further elaboration of what these small household appliances were. Interesting. But still, seemed pretty cool for the late 1800s. Yeah. Mid-1800s. I wonder what she was doing. I know. It's like, what, are you just making toasters? Like, Did they have electricity then? No. Not in, I don't think it was common in homes. No, it wasn't. Oh, interesting. So yeah, it's like, what were you making then? But what, what every article said that verbatim, small household appliances. Hmm. So okay. take the, just let your imagination run with that one. It's probably like a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So from a very young age, Tesla's intelligence and abilities were noticed. These abilities range all the way from him easily learning about like scientific concepts to the beginnings of like some pretty intense OCD. Oh. But when he was a kid, he mastered six different languages, which is like that's pretty impressive. Oh my we struggle with English I often. Know. I'm like, how many times have I messed up my words so far in this podcast? <laughs> well, good for him. Yeah. So he could memorize entire books or pretty much anything else he saw because he was beginning to develop a photographic memory and this is all happening when he was like a little baby boy a little tot yeah a little tot not an attack tot mm. attack tots a, a brain tot a brain tot he's a little brainy tot a brain tot a smart tot a smart tot so after his older brother died when he was five tesla began to talk about these like visions he would see oh and many believe that this was a result of the first of many mental breakdowns Tessa would have throughout his life, like stemming from this like huge tragedy that he suffered at such a young age. Right. But mental breakdowns was definitely his MO a little bit throughout his life. Yeah. Oh no. But so after his brother died, it was the first time he started reporting these visions though. And with these visions, he would frequently talk about like these fully formulated mechanisms and like plans that he would have for different inventions or different concepts that he would create like only in his mind. Oh, wow. And then when he would go, and we'll see this later on, but when he would like go to actually make it or follow through with it, like it would be perfect. Like he, a lot of people, right? Like they need to write it out, figure yeah. it out, do all these things. But he was able to store this all in his mind. And this is something that he's pretty well known for as well. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, this is made even more impressive by the fact that, like, this guy never slept. Really? Like, his entire life, it's just quoted as him saying, like, he just slept, like, a couple hours a day and would just, like, whir off. He's like a, like a robot. Rest, yeah. Oh. <laughs> a couple hours and then be like, all right, I'm going to go brain some more, like, intense braining. Wow. Yeah. Um, so this probably did not help his mental state at all. But thankfully, it didn't do anything to his cognitive abilities because he was a pretty smart dude. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah. And some speculate that while his OCD is pretty, like, well-marked and pretty noted, that he most likely suffered from high-functioning autism as well. It was not until his teen years that he discovered his love of electricity. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love electrocuting things. <laughs> uh, he was fascinated by it and wanted to pursue it as his career. Um, but his family didn't really think this was a great idea for him. He was intended 
to follow his father's footsteps as a priest in the Orthodox Church. Gotcha. Um, and they really were like, no, this is like what you're going to go do in life. You're right. Gonna, this is your life plan. This is your life plan. You're welcome. We figured it out for you. You have no say. Uh, but around this time, uh, an outbreak of cholera broke out. Oh. And Tesla got hit with it pretty hard. He was bedridden for like nine months. Oh, my gosh. And doctors actually believe that he wasn't going to make well, it. Well, yeah, that's a long time to be bedridden. That's a long, long time. Yeah. And uh, thinking that his son was on his deathbed, pretty much, Tesla's father was like, okay, fine. You can go study electricity if you survive. <laughs> and Tesla was like, bet, pops. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> stubborn i love stubborn, it stubborn stubborn <laughs> he's like fine <laughs> fine i'm gonna i'm gonna live and i'm gonna go study lightning bolts well i'm glad i'm glad that he was I'm okay yeah so after being down the count for a total of like almost a year tessa went on to attend the polytechnic institute in austria his brush with death really did little to hinder, like, his mental capabilities again. Like, I feel like he just keeps getting, like, so messed up throughout his life, but, like, he's still just crazy smart. And he quickly rose to be one of the top students. It's noted that he particularly loved to get into arguments with one of his teachers regarding direct current electricity. And I'm going to refer to this as DC from now on. Diet Coke? Uh, Diet Coke, yeah. <laughs> Not in reference to Diet Coke, <laughs> but we're going to mention this a lot. So DC, direct so, current electricity. So you like to argue about electricity. Yeah. Okay. And pretty much his whole legacy is about dethroning the mainstream use of DC. So like I said, I'll mention this a lot. Um, but he really became consumed with... DC power systems and really like his arguments with his teacher were like but this could be better if we do this this mm -hmm. could be better if you know the changes were made here or whatever he was a man on a mission yeah and eventually all he focused on was like in his mind formulating like all these like upgrades and you know for all these DC power systems and in the past, his teachers had always sang him praises, uh, even when he would argue with them, like this one in particular. But they began to start expressing concern on his mental state. Mm. They noted, I think, they, I think it was like they wrote a letter home to his family or something, and they noted that he slept very little and worked very hard, and they feared that he was going to burn out. Like, you're, you can't live like this. Uh, like, definitely not. Yeah. Which reminds me a lot of Marie Curie, if you remember back from that episode, because she was definitely like this, too. Yeah. And, and then she did burn out. And so does he. <laughs> because instead of refocusing on his studies, he did what any healthy young man would do. He went on a deep dive, lost all of his tuition money from gambling, and then slid into a massive mental breakdown. Oh, no. Yeah. Thankfully, he wouldn't be down for too long, and he uh, gets his way out of it. And after he gathered himself, he resumed studies at the University of Prague. And here's kind of where everything changed for him because he had one of his, like, most notable breakthroughs. Mm -hmm. The story goes that he was on a walk with a friend in a park and he, a vision came to him. And pretty much this vision was for, like, an alternative to an electric power source. And... <laughs> 
<laughs> it was just like just walking through the park and all of a sudden he's like staring at bunnies he's like, egads like i have this vision yeah <laughs> getting a hot dog from a streetcar <laughs> i don't think they'll have those there but it's okay uh so he reportedly even like stopped and drew like a little like image of it in the sand to describe it to his friend and this drawing was the foundation of an induction motor and this helped facilitate the use of alternating current, which I will now call AC, not air conditioning. <laughs> so when I say DC and AC, I'm not talking about Diet Cokes and air conditioning. Got it. But again, we'll be mentioning it a lot. So I want to make that clear. Uh, the concept of mainstream AC use was a pipe dream at this time. It like AC elect- electric power source, I guess. Like this was already like discovered Mm -hmm. but it it just wasn't um i guess like the easiest way to describe it is that there wasn't a good way to harness it to make it like more accessible and easy to use Mm -hmm. like in order to implement it got it and that's why his induction motor was kind of like hey this is exactly what ac you know power sources need to be able to implement in like everyday life what yeah so impressive he, he had this idea just on his walk strolling strolling and uh he just kind of kept it up there in his brain for a while but really to do anything with this new knowledge he needed to kind of like make some connections he was still studying at university and he knew that he needed to venture out and start meeting some new people to kind of get this get this to get the project in motion project rolling right get it from the the ground where he drew it to a real life prototype a real life prototype yeah but as we all know in order to make prototypes and any kind of invention you need financial backers and you need businessmen to supply you these financials to back you business <laughs> and sadly this was something that tesla would never go on to like be good at in his life <laughs> was business decisions or choosing business partners interesting because he if he was so smart and innovative it's just i don't know i mean i guess it's different parts of your brain different skill sets yeah absolutely So Tesla went to work for the Continental Edison Company in Paris in 1882, and it didn't take long for management to recognize his mental abilities. Surprise, surprise. And uh, they started to use that to their full advantage. And all of his bosses, I mean, sang him praises. And one of them, even when he got transferred back to like the New York office, like the headquarters, Mm -hmm. he even put in a good word for him with Thomas Edison himself. The Thomas Edison? The Thomas Edison. Whoa. So he was getting hooked up. Yeah, he was getting hooked up. So eventually in 1884, Tesla moved to New York City as well and was hired at the Thomas Edison like headquarters with Thomas himself. And when Thomas hired him, he bet him $50,000, which, again, 1884, that's a lot of money. Uh, Yeah. If he could find better solutions and improve upon his designs for their DC, like, power supplies. And getting right to work, Tesla did just that. So within just a couple of months, Tesla comes back up to Edison and was like, hey, you asked me to do this. Here's the plans. Do this, and it'll prove upon them tenfold. Where's my 50K? 
Edison apparently like laughed in his face and was like, haha, you don't understand American humor. <laughs> Poor Tesla. Poor Tesla. <laughs> so now disgruntled Tesla <gasps> left Edison's company and decided to strike out on his own. No he way. Was like, Bro. I'm not here for this. I didn't just move to New York City to be laughed at. So bye. But he invented stuff and he's working with Edison, who's like the electricity guy. The guy. Yeah. And he was the like. The Thomas Edison. He was like, okay, bye. He's like, I'm better than you. Bye. Huh. So he left. Huh. Okay. And in 1885, the next year, he founded the Tesla Electric Light and Manufacturing Company. Here, he actually took those improvements that he had made to the DC power supplies at Edison's company and like built them on his own terms. Mm -hmm. And so here he did have financial backing from two businessmen named Robert Lane and Benjamin Vale, but they didn't really care about electricity, especially at this time. Like it was a thing, but like it was kind of a very big unknown. And so they were like, look, we're businessmen. We didn't know where this is going to go. We need to go put our money somewhere else. So they were like, uh, we're leaving. Oh, we're leaving to go build our own company. And so this move would leave Tesla like penniless. And then now just in charge of a defunct company. Dang that he is having a rough go. So super, far. super rough. And to make ends meet, he started to dig ditches in the city of New York, only making $2 a day to oh make ends gosh. meet. And while he was like furthering his plot against the defeat of Thomas Edison. So he's just digging and plotting, digging and plotting. Yeah. At this time, he would recall, quote, my high education in various branches of science, mechanics, and literature seemed to be seemed to me like a mockery, end quote. Which is like, poor Tessa, that's, that's like some drama right there. But it's so true. Like, he's such a highly educated man, and here he is not putting anyone down that digs ditches for a living. Right. Like, but, I, I mean, yeah, like when you have all these like scientific degrees, like that does kind of seem... Not how you planned your life. How, not how you planned your life. Maybe but. not making best use of your skills yes, as well. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So he's got it. Homeboy has got a chip on his shoulder. Yes. Understandably. Yeah. I don't blame him. So he finally bounced back about two years later in 87. And he had some new investors and formed the Tesla Electric Company. It's here that he created that vision mm -hmm. that he had in the park just a few years ago and built out that induction motor for the first time. Success. Success. And after he built this induction motor, he said, quote, The motors I built there were exactly as I imagined them. I made no attempt to improve the design, but merely reproduced the pictures as they appeared to my vision. And the operation was always as I expected, end quote. Wow. So that very vision that he got on that walk, boom, it just worked exactly how he wanted it to. Um, and this AC power system, with the help of his induction motor, would go on to become the dominant power system worldwide and is still so today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Making stuff happen. Yeah. So the community of electrician, electric engineers, finally began to notice Tesla at this time. And he was invited to speak at the American Institute of Electrical Engineers. And here is where he was first noticed by George Westinghouse. And he was the owner of, I think it was just called Westinghouse Company back then. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you've ever heard of that brand. I know they make like TVs and stuff. But. No clue. Okay. I'm like, I owned a Westinghouse TV at one point. But 
uh, he was all in on Tessa's ideas and they quickly fell into a partnership. Westinghouse gave Tessa some stocks, cash, and like allotted him some royalties in future earnings as part of the partnership in him now owning like the rights for the induction motor that he created. And note the royalties part for later. Uh-oh. I was going to say like, oh, my heart is starting to warm. Like Tesla's found someone who respects him it. and Michelle is giving me a look. So I'm <laughs> guessing there's a twist. You know, history never turns out well. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so together they started to make their move in the electric industry. They're electric besties. Electric besties. So when Thomas Edison found out, he was not happy. He was like, hi, I'm Thomas Edison. <laughs> Hair flip. <laughs> Maybe Mic you've drop. heard of me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of me. The two parties would follow down a series of like stunts to prove that each other's concepts were faulty. Edison, like I said, backed the, T- the DC power system and Westinghouse and Tesla backed the AC power system. This would go on to become affectionately known to history as the War of Currents. <laughs> That's cute. That's historical. <laughs> Edison arranged for a death row inmate to be put to death using an AC generator what? to demonstrate how dangerous they could be. I, I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he was like, hey, people can die from this. But it's like at this point, people were already getting to put to death like from the chair. And right. it's like... They were probably using DC before. So now he's just like, hey, look at look at over here at the AC. This guy dying. <laughs> but but like also, how, how does one just arrange that? Like how? I mean, I guess it, when you're rich and well connected, but like who does that? Yeah. So apparently that was like he had a guy like create and design the electric chair using the AC generator, but that this guy was on like Edison's like payroll. So he like probably threw him an extra cash to like purposely use that and then like he like announced it ever AC generator used in electric chair death blah dude that's dark yeah he also toured around the country just to prove like that again that the AC like power source was dangerous if installed in households he even went as far as electrocuting animals like (gasps) while on this tour so like yeah, it's kind of messed up. Homeboy has snapped. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, like, really messed that's up. That's really dark, yeah. The War of Currents went on for a couple years, but it ended pretty much at the Chicago World Fair in 1893. This is when Westinghouse and Tesla beat out Edison's new company, General Electric, uh, for a contract there to install a light display, which you can actually look up photos of this online, and it's pretty cool. Especially for the late 1800s. Maybe. Yeah. This display ended up further solidifying Westinghouse and Tesla's win in the industry because it led to a contract with New York. And this contract included them building the generators that were going to be installed at Niagara Falls to power the city of Buffalo. Oh, wow. And so this was pretty huge. And I don't know. Have you ever been in Niagara Falls? Yeah. Okay. So the city of Buffalo, I think it's like... It's at like 27 miles away from there. It's like a little bit out of town, right? Yeah. And so at the time, right, electricity in general wasn't necessarily installed in every home, mm-hmm. maybe, or like it was like on the way there. And so for something to be powering a whole city 26 miles away was like 
huge. That's a big deal. I mean, maybe if Edison wasn't spending his time electrocuting animals and people and maybe focusing on, I don't know, building his business, <laughs> he too may have gotten that contract. Yeah. Just I mean, saying. he could have just paid him the $50,000 and kept him on. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he's raging this war of currents and mm-hmm. really... I love that it has a name, too. Like, when I saw it, I was like, <laughs> that's so petty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it sounds like at this point in time, Tesla is ahead of the race. But I'm yeah. guessing I'm guessing that's not going to continue. No, it doesn't. Oh, no. What happens? <laughs> so uh, during this period, it was kind of like the period of industrialization, right, for the world. And it was very cutthroat. New businesses um, were, like, gaining lots of money really fast, but also just dropping off the face of the earth really fast. Like, it was super cutthroat. Coming in hot. Yeah. And uh, especially with the, like, the electricity industry, like, it was very, it was so new and things were changing and, you know, all that. So there was a lot of money being invested in a lot of places and sometimes it didn't always turn out for the best. Right. And Westinghouse's company was not immune to these negative effects. Westinghouse and Tesla had joined forces and signed that contract, like I said. And part of that was the royalties. And Tesla was to receive $1 per horsepower on all the motors produced. So if you remember back, Tesla was digging ditches for $2 a day. Right. So that was a very generous offer. And I don't think Westinghouse fully knew what he was getting into when he like bought this product from Tesla of and they started not. working together. Right. As the electric industry, like climate change, like I said, like so did the financial situation. And after reviewing like the company's budget for like the next year or whatever it was, he realized that if he had to pay out these royalties, like his company would go bankrupt. Oh. So he kind of went to Tesla and was like, hey, here's a situation. Like, I don't want to, like, screw you out of money, you know, whatever. But, like, I can't pay you these royalties. Like, please, like, like help a brother out. Like, yeah. what can you do, you know? And Westinghouse is quoted as saying, quote, your decision determines the fate of Westinghouse Company, end quote. And so what did Tesla do? He ripped up the whole contract and was like... No worries. I get it. I just want to make my inventions and that's it. So like, I know you got my back. Like, it's okay. Ripped up the whole contract. Little did he know that he was ripping up what would have given him billions of dollars. <gasps> billions of dollars back then. Oh, no. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, he was never able to recoup those funds. From what I saw, Westinghouse like didn't completely leave him in in the dust like mm-hmm. he did supply him some funds and whatever but definitely came out the winner here because yeah. his company ended up like so rich because of this and because then it wasn't like he had to pay 50 cents per horsepower they just ripped it up he paid no royalties to him i mean so what do we learn don't rip up contracts mm-hmm. do an addendum mm-hmm. um Yeah, that probably wasn't a great business decision. No, it was not. But neither are royalties. If I've learned that on Shark Tank, (laughs) royalties can be good, but typically they're not great. Yeah. So, all right. So Tesla would go on to make other inventions, too. Uh, Another one of the most uh, prominent is the Tesla coil, which have you ever heard of that? I've heard of the phrase. I have no idea what it is. Uh, Same here. I had like always heard of a Tesla coil. I had no idea what it was. So what it is, it's like an essential piece in a radio, pretty much. 
um, and sending radio signals. And so once he kind of discovered this, he immediately went to go patent it, right? He's kind of been down this road before. He knows he needs the patents. He needs the backers. He needs all the stuff. So he's like, I'm not going to make the same mistakes this time with this invention. He was particularly keen on making sure that he was hitting all these marks because there was another inventor on the same path as him. And this was an Italian inventor named Marconi. While both men had done the legwork, they still needed to create a prototype and get those backers and start making something made. Yeah. So Tesla found financial backing from JP Morgan and immediately they gave him $150,000 to commission a tower. Um, and this tower was built on Long Island. And this tower, it was called Wardenclyffe Tower, also known as Tesla Tower. And I couldn't really see like much description of it, but I would assume it's like a radio tower. Makes sense. Like it's something a signal tower of some sort. Yeah. Right. So during its construction, money started to run out fast. And Tesla went back to JP Morgan, was like, hey, we're gonna need more money. But again, because the electricity well, this wasn't even electric, this was new. This was radio, you know? Right. Um, because this was all new, he's like, you know, I already gave you 150000 I'm not going to give you any more. So construction was halted and the tower was never completed. Oh my God. Marconi was able to complete his prototype and eventually went on to claim the title as the inventor of the radio. Obviously, this made him very rich, something that Tesla wasn't able to achieve yet. And he did fight the courts for a while and he claimed some of the patents that Marconi used in his prototype were his own patents. Mm-hmm. Like some of the pieces that he used were his patents, I guess. Yeah. And he wasn't receiving credit for them. Um, sadly, no one would do anything about it until after his death. The U.S. government, I think it was in like 1943, finally acknowledged his claims and clarified his part in the invention of the radio. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So the rest of Tesla's life was kind of downhill from here. Um, he continued to create some ideas here and there and pitch them to prominent businessmen, but no one was really to take a chance on them. Mm-hmm. Um, he spent some time out in Colorado Springs and he spent some time here and there and, you know, he did kind of further it a little bit, but really he, he slowly kind of began to just withdraw from business and society in whole, as a whole. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Poor guy. I know. That's so sad. His later years don't paint a really good picture. His OCD went into overdrive. He is noted as becoming a neat freak. He would count his steps wherever he would go. He became obsessed with the number three. Mm -hmm. Like I saw somewhere that he would have to like shake someone's hand and then wash his hands and like do something else like all in sets of threes. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Except at the dinner table where he needed 18 napkins. Oh, geez. Yeah. He never ended up marrying. With some speculating that he was like highly intimidated of women, of women, in the sense that he thought that they were like the perfect being. And Mm. that intimidated him. Interesting. One of his later in life triggers with his OCD like was women's earrings. Oh, interesting. Apparently someone said like, the sight of pearl earring could send him into a fit. Oh, man. Yeah. So he really he mentally deteriorated. Just started going down. I mean, even in his adult life, he still kept on that same sleep schedule. So, like, yeah. severe lack of sleep, you know, whatever. Um, he also became obsessed with pigeons. 
And he spent dozens of hours in the New York City parks observing them, talking to them, etc. There was actually a story that he was in his room and a white pigeon flew into his room and he could see like two rays of light coming out of his eyes Mm -hmm. and then flew into his arms and then died. And that this was the sign that he that he was being told of like he needs to stop inventing like his he's done his career is dead and to to let it go wow yes that's That's heavy very dark yeah uh so for the last few years of his life he was living in the new yorker hotel because he was broke westinghouse was footing the bill so like We'll give you that much, Westinghouse, but like, come oh, on. <laughs> you got him a hotel room, that's it. That's terrible. I know. And so at give the right age money. of 86, he passed away in his room on the 33rd floor of the New Yorker Hotel. Wow. Yeah. That is the amazing, but also kind of tragic story of Tesla. So kind of going back to, in the beginning, us talking about the name Tesla, right? That's what Tesla cars and Elon Musk, like we all know all about that. Right. So apparently that's where he got the idea for the name Tesla was because electric cars and electricity, you know, so. And I just think it's a really cool name, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a great name. I'm glad at least it's kind of a way to honor somebody who had really great ideas and was really smart and just couldn't take it to the next level yeah and i think that was a really sad part about the time that he was active Mm -hmm. is that like i said a period of major industrialization so that is when especially here in america in new york city so many people were making it big we're making millions upon billions of dollars you know just being investors right and so many prominent new york families which i want to do an episode on them too because there's some wild stories about how some of these people made their money yeah but there was a lot of money being moved around in new york and a lot of businessmen and whatever but like i said it was very cutthroat right and so a lot of it was super fluid you know they would invest here take it away oh we don't think this is a great idea it's not surefire i'm not putting my money there you know whatever and so for this guy like tesla to come in and be like i have ideas like right. and they're like, whoa <laughs> <laughs> and um and yeah so i think maybe in a different era he might have better luck but yeah. it was just such a doggy dog time in he new was- york city he was just in the the wrong wrong time period, the wrong place. Yeah, I had watched a, uh, I think it was a YouTube video. I tried to watch, and they they did like a diagram explaining the difference between DC and AC. But I feel like who just like has the mind to be like, I just created this in my brain on a walk with my friend in Prague. We still use that a hundred years later. Like it's just it's mind boggling. Yeah, it's I can't do that. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> It's way over my head. I know. But I'm glad there are people in this world that have that kind of a brain. Yes. And can do it. Because obviously uh, he was on the right track back then. Yeah. So Tessa, we thank you. We recognize you for all the the good that you did. And we're sorry. We're sorry. That stinks. But it sounded like you were a smart dude. He knew what he was doing. He did. I think the first time I was ever introduced to Tessa, and here's my movie recommendation for the episode, (laughs) is, oh, no, I don't remember which one it was. Okay, if you guys have ever seen The Prestige or The Illusionist, both are extremely great movies, but both have very kind of similar, they're both about like magician, like 
1800s magicians. Mm -hmm. But in one of them, and I want to say it's the prestige, one of them actually like meets Tesla. And I think the concept is that he meets Tesla like in his time that he spent in Colorado, in Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. And so there was a little bit of what I could find from that time. But apparently he was trying to like harness the powers of lightning. And so he had like lightning poles everywhere and like was like trying to replicate like lightning beams. Hmm. And I'm like... Did you get electrocuted? Like, how do you not get electrocuted? Right. Um, but they kind of show a scene that I think is a, like now that I know all this about Tesla and then now that I know that I've seen that movie, I'm like, that's what they were trying to show there. And I'm like, it's great. There's a lot. You need to see both movies, honestly. I feel like I did a long time ago. I can't remember. They're both great movies. Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll bust them out. Yeah. We'll see. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. So that, much. That is... Tesla. Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you for listening. We love you. Don't forget to check us out next week. Check out the socials. Check out our socials. Instagram. Where else are we? Facebook. Facebook. The Tiki Tag. The Tiki Tag. We will definitely have some content there one of these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to email us or you have any questions or comments or suggestions for future episodes, that's historicalpodcast at gmail.com. So check it out. Thank you. You know, like, share, follow, tell your friends. Get them on the historical bandwagon. Send a pigeon, just not the pigeons that were BFFs with Nikola Tesla in New York. Perfect. Those are his BFFs. You don't, we don't mess with those. Nope. All right. Well, bye. Bye. I mean, my cats really love to watch pigeons outside the front window. And I'm not going to lie. It's actually pretty entertaining. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Maybe they're, they're low-key geniuses because they I, like pigeons. They are. Huh. Maybe not, Chip. Maybe not. Yeah. It's okay. All right, let's go drink. <laughs>